Drunk Valorant, episode 19. Our podcast is now legal in Canada. I was literally about uh, to say that. <laughs> able to drink in Canada. Yeah, we can um, now drink on the podcast because we're 19. Uh, 19 yeah. is the age in Canada? I, I was not well, aware well, of that. Actually, it's 18 in certain provinces. And then... Alberta, Quebec, maybe Manitoba it'll... is 18? Yeah, Manitoba, 100% 18. Yeah, uh, but everywhere else is 19. I feel like 19, 19 is such a weird age. Yeah. 19, we were discussing, is the perfect age. Because it means that when you turn 19, you are no longer in high school. Which means, like, if this, 18 would be, like, the seniors in high school can buy alcohol, and therefore the entire high school can buy alcohol. Um, But 19 is, like, once you've graduated from high school, you can buy fucking drinks. And that makes sense. That does yeah. make sense. Um, because put it obviously, that way. like, now, I know specifically with UBC... Uh, the school that, well, I went to and Chase is currently attending. Uh, a bunch of people get, like, fake UBC cards to, like, go to frat parties. Uh, why anybody would ever do that, I don't know. But people do. Well, people um, do it because, like, the cops don't care if you're 18 at a frat party. Mm. Because, like, they're literally, like, every, like, big frat party, there are, like, cops and uh, ambulances and shit lined up in front of the frats. At least the one frat party that I went to five years ago, that's how it was. So I'm, I couldn't tell you if that was everyone, but, um, yeah, obviously, like, rate, it was it was yeah. move-in day, so everybody there is fucking 18. Right. The, um, but the frats do, in theory, <laughs> check student ID to make sure that you are from UBC. Um, no, uh, but I was going to say, if you take that situation out of it, I feel like a valid university ID should supersede the drinking age. I feel like if you're in university, you should be able to go out and buy yourself a fucking beer. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, if you went straight from high school into doing some kind of work, then, like, you know, you should be able to buy a beer as well. Like, I don't feel like you should get yeah. special access to beer because you're in school. I agree. That's why I think, like, the the 19 seems like a good age. Yeah. But also, like, I think that it's – it actually – takes down on the amount of binge drinking that you do because then every time you drink it's not only like at a big college party or a kegger right like i very quickly yeah. when i came to university when i went to like started going to parties and shit but i very quickly realized that i prefer going to a bar and having like a beer with my friends mm -hmm. right and so then it yeah. just having that available to you cuts down on the time when i'm you know sitting at home with like 10 of my friends and a bottle of vodka getting fucked up and yeah. I, I think that that's, like, a trap that a lot of people fall into, like, when you're in U.S. universities and stuff, um, because you don't have the option of going out to a bar available to you. That's true. Also, you can have an entire night at a bar, and it's just too expensive to drink that much. That much? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like, you, yep. can ha you can spend the whole night out, and you can get drunk, but you're not getting fucked up, you know? Well, I've definitely gotten fucked up at bars before, and I've definitely picked up my bar tab at the end of the night and been like, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, yeah, um, that ha it happens, but I'm saying that... They're... Too late at that point. Yeah, it still so, does, in general, I think, cut down on the... Uh, the binge drinking? The binge. I would I would agree with that statement as a whole. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, I had a fake ID since I was 16, so it wasn't a huge deal for me, but, like, I know it is kind of annoying... When certain people come to universities out here and it's like the drinking age being 19 
is just kind of awkward for like the first several months of like people's first year because they're not 19 yet. Like they turn 19 sometime during the school year. Right. Not there yet. So like there is that kind of awkward in between stage, uh, which is typically mitigated by you just finding someone who is 19 in your year. But at any rate, um, speaking of binge drinking, yeah, Hunter, I'm assuming you've got a drink in hand. If you don't, that's not allowed. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know why you always assume like I'm trying to skip out on drinking like something during the podcast, guys. I, I love this opportunity. Um, so this beer jumped off the shelf at me, like literally, it uh, leapt into my arms at the store. Fell on your head as you were walking through? <laughs> no, no, it went right for the full embrace. It didn't go for the the Mario uh, head stomp. It went straight into my arms. This is the uh, Walk on Water by Fat Orange Cat and Skygazer. I wasn't familiar with either of those breweries before, but apparently they've done a collaboration here, and they've done oh, a damn good on job. Walk on Water was by Thirty Seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> is that a song or something? Yeah, it is. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, I was assuming that was the joke. No, it's obviously too... by Garfield. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it's so, not lasagna flavored. Yeah. Well, actually, it is. How'd you know? <laughs> no, yeah. It's this is a uh, this has got a lot of flavor in this. This is a sour ale with marshmallow, banana, strawberry, passion fruit, mango, and pink guava. Um, I think taking a sip of it, the marshmallow, banana, and guava kind of come to the come to the surface most easily. But it's a very sweet, very easy drinking sour. It's it's got just enough sour to have that nice like hint of sour, but it's a it's a very like fruity sweet beer. I feel like I would like that without the marshmallow. The marshmallow is what kind of throws it for a loop for me. Says the guy who gets marshmallow the is nice. Marshmallow gummies. Well, I I like the flavor of marshmallow. I just don't know how much I'd like it in my beers. I feel like it might make it a little bit too sweet, especially with so much fruit in there. I want to be able to taste like oh, it's very sweet, like the banana. Yeah. Right, like mm. I want that to come forward. I think the banana might add enough creaminess itself without the uh, the need. Yeah, you do for, like uh... that banana cream in your mouth, huh? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has a very like fluffy taste to it, which I like. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's good. I I really like it. Yeah, sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, speaking of sweet things, <laughs> I am currently also drinking a very sweet sour. Um, <laughs> But it, it this is called I'll Take You to the Candy Shop by Backcountry Brewing. Very cool. Um, and it is a fuzzy peach sour. So it mm. tastes kind of identical to fuzzy peaches. Or, you know, like peach rings. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was going to say, for those of you guys who have been listening to most of our episodes, you'll find that either Chase or I typically opens with a a Backcountry beer. Um, and if you haven't figured it out yet, they're all like every name of the backcountry beer is a reference to something. Uh, this one really? Is oh, I never realized. Well, what could this one be a reference to? You've obviously listened to every episode, Hunter. Number one, you've listened to every episode twice because you hear it the first time around, and then you're the editor, so in theory, you hear it the second time around. Yeah, I was just messing around. It, it's mm -hmm. it's it's fine for you to point that out for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, I think we yeah, definitely have brought it up before because we were I talking would, about one of the references at least once. 
I because occasionally, like occasionally, I'll grab one of the beers and I won't get the reference, and like it's some like obscure '80s movie that like I have to look up or something like that. Um, yeah, but I still right, cool, know it's a reference to something. Well, yeah, but like that's also because we know the brewery. Uh, okay, so Chase stole. Well, I mean, he didn't really steal my beer, but like my other beer is that exact same backcountry one. So I open. I'm opening with another one here. I have a hot box IPA from Jesus Christ. The text is small. Foamer's Folly. Hmm. Wow. Um, a pretty cool can, actually. It's like, well, I guess for the two of you, it's like kind of hypnotic-y. Yeah, uh, pattern on it. Yeah, but uh, I, I gotta say I'm slightly disappointed because, like, it's called Hot Box IPA, and I can see through this beer way too easily. Yeah, it should be a lot easier, it. I feel like. Yeah, expect it to be saying. super hazy. Yeah, like, when I bought it from the store, like, it didn't say hazy on the can, but I'm like, it's called Hot Box. Like, this shit's bound to be hazy. Yeah, that sounds like a missed opportunity there from them. It, it, it kind of does. And, like, I, I, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast or not. I believe I have. But, like, my ideal beer looks like orange juice. Uh, that's the kind of, like, you know, I don't want to be able to see through my beer. But I like that hazy element to it. You're, you're uh, a, like, full pulp kind of guy. You're an extra pulp yeah. kind of guy. Well, with orange juice specifically... Like, I feel like you got to hit either extreme, either, like, no pulp or extra pulp. But, like, as far as my beers go, I'm definitely leaning towards the extra pulp. I'm um, trying to think of, like, what would be little gritty things in my beer, and I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, leftover barley. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had the dregs at the bottom of, like, a super hazy beer before? I mean, it existed. But that doesn't taste good. Eh. Um, the mildew at, at the bottom rate, like of the... our self-brewed beer. Okay, but that's because our self-brewed beer tasted like shit. You'd be hard-pressed to find a worse beer. <laughs> there is the one that our roommate made. And that was that was pretty bad. Okay, actually, that one was worse. Because yeah. um, <laughs> he didn't even, like boil the water when he was doing it they no, like they, they used a kettle and they heated the water, water. yeah <laughs> it was weird okay at any rate uh the beer is actually not bad like, i i think it's a solid beer i'm just slightly disappointed it's not hazy um okay cool so valorant um we're gonna start off with more of a minor topic here before we get into more of the the meat and potatoes and i guess for chase it'll just be potatoes uh but That's my a vegetarian joke. Uh, <laughs> my question here is, why KO? Now, for for those of you guys who haven't been seeing a bunch of the VCT games, uh, a bunch of teams have been playing a lot of KO. And it seems like in the pro meta, KO's become a must-pick on Ascent. And I don't really know why. Most of the other must-pick characters in either the current meta or in the past meta, of fully understood. I, and I'm not saying KO's a bad agent or that he's not bringing a lot to the table. I think he absolutely brings a lot to the table. But I, I'm wondering what pushes KO into, like, must-pick on a set. And I haven't been able to come up with any, like, ah, that's it. 
kind of reasons. I mean, I've seen it too. I will say that like when KO first came out, I tried playing him because I thought I was going to really like him. Uh, I didn't as much, but I still like, I think he's fun sometimes. I'll, I'll mess around with him in like an unrated or something like that. And Ascent is my favorite map to play KO on. But I don't really know why that is. I have no actual information for you. I just know that I, like Ascent's just fun as KO. Um, I guess you can get information really easily. But like KO is like a direct competitor to Sky, right? So why are you picking a KO over a Sky? Yeah, like why why KO over Sky? And because on on other maps like Breeze, uh, I kind of understand the need for the KO pick because you're playing into a Viper and hitting the KO knife on the Viper to suppress her wall and her orb so that you could get out onto site is massive. But or, you don't I mean, see it's a just, lot of Viper ma- play. The ult is just massive for execs, right? Whereas, like, Sky's ult is not. Sky's ult's pretty good for execs, too. It's not eh, potentially not... as good as KO's. But it's still pretty solid for an exact. Yeah, I don't... I mean, here's the thing. You mentioned the idea of suppressing a Viper, and I think you're on the right track with that, but what you said may be a little different than how I'm viewing it. That, you know, you can't guarantee that you're going to suppress the Viper every round on Breeze, but having the potential to disrupt another team's setups is, you know, massive. Like, there was a round where I was playing Breeze earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, where I was pushing up to caves on a site on defense as Yoru with the intent to get a pick or two in caves and then teleport back to behind pyramids. But the KO threw his knife close, like, on the on the other side of the wall, so I didn't even have a chance to shoot it, suppressed me, and then I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'm just getting as many kills as I can and then dying. <laughs> There's no option to teleport back now. And I think that's where there is simu- similarities between uh, Breeze and Ascent, that you can't guarantee you'll suppress the player you want to in order to make the site exact easier, but just the chance that you can either, you know, suppress that important player or, you know, have one area cleared without having to actually clear it yourself because you know if someone's in a certain spot with the, the KO knife... That is, you know, absolutely vital for site takes. And I think Breeze and Ascent are similar in that while the the paths to coming from mid to a site are not, like, crazy long, there is a very clear distinction between going through mid and going directly into site that, excuse me, that if there's a lot of utility delaying your push from main, that will make your site take a lot harder. Well, and so think, having the, yeah. the ability of the KO to shut that down is huge. Along the same lines, I think there's just so many characters that can get out of dodge right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, more than there used to be. We we now have Jet, Chamber, um, Yoru, and... Reyna somewhat, to an extent. Reyna to an extent, Omen to an extent. Um, that being able to suppress them means that they, like, weren't either weren't able to take that initial fight because they weren't able to push up, um, for fear of getting darted or like knifed, um, or that you've fucked them, right? You've backed them into a corner that they assumed they were going to be able to get out of, but now they cannot, uh, and you can easily trade them or just get the kill because they're expecting to, to be able to fuck out of there if there are people pushing. So, um, I mean, I think that especially with the introduction of the new, like Yoru buffs, 
uh, and with Chamber, and with the Omen teleport buff. Like mo those are the most recent changes, and that's why you might be seeing a lot more KO for that reason too. I can see that. I have been, yeah. They, we did play a game on Ascent where, whenever I was holding like the garage on defense and their team was pushing, like KO would throw his knife again into a wall that I can't shoot it even if I wanted to. Um, yeah. But like, I don't, and obviously this is, we're not playing against a pro team. Their coordination isn't quite on point. So I was still typically able to get the first pick with the op and then, you know, just knife out or run around the corner. Um, and I got away for free most of the time. Uh, and obviously I couldn't reposition to exactly where I wanted to. I kind of had to, I was kind of forced to fall back to site instead of falling back to either market or CT. But I don't know. Like, right, but typically that gets traded, right, in pro. Yeah, which is why like you'd be seeing a lot play, more. It'd either be traded or, well, to be honest, the KO would probably have flashed me off the angle in pro play too. Uh, yeah. But he was not doing that there. I think there's a lot more you can do with KO's, like, flashes, too. Mm -hmm. uh, because you can have flash lineups that go into interesting places. And I'm I'm sure you can do similar things with Sky, but I feel like the way that KO's left click works, you can get it through some shit that's kind of cheeky. Yeah, I know, like, some players in pro play who come from CS are probably very accustomed to the way KO's flash works because it's yeah nearly identical. Um, and I know I, I did see a clip uh, that somebody clipped from Tenz's stream where he was, he was talking about that just being like in one of the games. Uh, I think it was, I think he was talking about when they played rise that he was getting pop flashed and he had no idea where the flash was coming from. Um, and he was just like, like, I know I'm going to get, <clears throat> he was saying like, I'm trying to hold sight. And he knew that he was going to get flashed. And he just could not figure out where this flash was coming from. And he was just getting full blinded every time because he didn't know where to look to turn away from it. Yeah. I mean, um, our, our buddy, like Alex had the same thing that he was talking about earlier today. We were playing uh, Icebox. And he was like, oh, what's that? He was playing KO in this instance. He was like, oh, what's that, like, random-ass flash lineup that flashes Hall of Sight? Like, yeah. the, other, the other day right. I was, like, getting flashed, and I had no idea where it was coming from. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think you can just do cheeky shit with, uh, with KO's flashes that might be more interesting once now people have gotten the hang of the character better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, fully, uh, I fully agree. I, I'm just kind of surprised to see that, like, in in a lot of circumstances, KO has, like, replaced Sky in, in a lot of professional team comps. Um, and I personally don't see a lot of Sky in our level. I don't know if I see a lot of KO at our level either. Who do we see as flashers? You just see, like, yeah, duelist flashes. traditional flasher? You just see, like... Oh, like, it's people being like, oh, we have a Reyna. We don't need another Flash. Yeah. Or you, you do get a Sky or a KO. Um, you do get a Sky or a KO, like, you know, every couple of games. But I feel like we don't have a Sky or a KO in every team comp. Like, I'd say it's, I'd say I see it around, like, somewhere between 30 to 50% of the time. 
about our level. I think it might be a little bit more than that, but what I'm really surprised about is that, you know, like a while ago we were talking about how damn good Sky is. Yeah. What the fuck happened, right? Like, I I swear, like, a couple months ago we were having, like, a conversation on this podcast. We were like, Sky is the best character in the game. She can do everything better than other characters that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why... What has happened? It's not like she's gotten nerfed. Yeah, I think it. Mu- I think it must be, uh, you know, people getting used to the KO buff. I mean, I think the. I think the biggest thing for KO was the fact that his flash. Excuse me. When it comes to the left click lineups that you guys were talking about, and the right click as well, the big thing was that the flash would make a fairly loud noise in midair, which would give you that window of time to realize, oh, a flash is coming, and mm. the fact that the flash now not only doesn't make noise, but also it's the most subtle flash when it comes to you being able to see it because it's just this little grenade going through the air. There's no, like, bright light or anything. Like a Phoenix or a Yoru flash, you get that huge shriek on your screen that you have a chance to turn away from. So I think the people getting used to that has really helped KO emerge um, because before his flashes were really easy to dodge. And I think that's it. The, the competition has been a nerf to Sky's pick rate, even though Sky hasn't been nerfed. It is just I a straight-up hard flash to see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem turning away from his left-click flash. Same, same. Well, because it takes a long because, time. and if you... Yeah, but that, that's because people at our ELO don't don't have lineups for his left-click flash. But, like, right, if he right. did, I'm sure, I'm like, I'm sure disgusting lineups exist for it. That yeah, I've, well, I yeah, have never because been then in a it game wouldn't... where the enemy KO is using a, a left-click flash lineup. But, like, mm-hmm. so usually I just see it way in the air, and I'm like, okay, the flash is coming. But, like, yeah. it, I can totally understand where Alex is coming from. At our level, I think it's just stupid to left-click flash in most instances. It's the only way to flash for your team, though, because... Yeah. Um, yeah chucking the like... flash back sight while your team is pushing, it at least gives the enemy team something to think about. Um so I, think and, like, I know, I know somebody. I I don't know who, but like I did see somebody talking about the fact that um, the KO left click flash is really powerful when you have a jet that's da- like smoking and dashing onto site. It might have been in the same tens clip that I was referencing earlier. You might have been talking about this, but like. Well, when you have a jet, jet that dashes into sight, is kind of hiding in her smoke, and waits until that KO flash pops, that like to peek out of her smoke, like that can be really strong. And apparently, Sky just can't do that as well. And she's the other kind of flash agent that people use. So, like, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, I can see it. And I mean, I just feel like you could have left click flashes that act like a pop flash because of your lineup right it yeah. comes around like a barrier at the exact right time that it pop mm-hmm. flashes you um and that's like the most disgusting way you can use it but i do see that there are other ways you it still can add value even though it's much easier to dodge as the enemy team yeah i i am like i, I do think it is one of the few flashes that you can very readily get to like backside areas because sky's flash can be shot and if you're trying to get it all the way to back site, like you kind of have to pilot that around for a while to get there. Right. And if someone on the enemy team could either shoot it, or you get multiple seconds of seeing this bird fly through the air, and you're like, ah, 
well, I'm going to get flashed at some point, and then you can try to turn away from it. Um, right. And Breach, obviously, the same thing. Breach, depending on line of sight, may or may not even be able to get a flash there. Um, uh, what other flash agents are there? Yeah, Phoenix obviously can't really flash. Yoru, Yoru can, but Yoru like his could. flash is a bit more predictable. Right, and also... It's, it's easier to turn from than a KO We, we haven't seen Yoru in pro play. <clears throat> Yet. Not much, not much. NRG did play Yoru uh, in their in their. Oh game. yeah, but that was because they were already out of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, they were right. Like I, I, uh, and I, I believe it was Sam who played it, and I, I didn't mm-hmm. watch a ton of the match. So he was having good results with the Yoru, which makes I, me feel really good about was... my bet with you, Cass. Uh-huh. I'm not I, gonna. I don't lie. know if that was just like a meme <clears throat> pick, or like they were like, ah, oh, fuck it, new patch, might as well try this out. Like we're already out of the tournament. Um. I don't know. No, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I actually did not watch a ton of that game. Uh, I, I do really like Sam as a player. I, like, I enjoy watching his play style. I think it's super cool. So yes. I, I do think it's interesting that he picked up the Yoru for that. And Speaking uh, of Yoru and... Go back and watch oh, sorry. My bad. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I, I, should, I should go back and watch all of it as well. I didn't watch that whole game. But uh, Cass, speaking of Yoru and bets, uh, I think we have a, another bet, which I mentioned to you off podcast. Um, maybe we can tell the people about it. What do you, you think? You guys are starting to develop a gambling addiction. Oh, I already have starting. a gambling addiction. It's starting, Chase. <laughs> I play gotcha games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I lost myself oh. a few hundred dollars on those. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. On Genshin? That's, that's what Genshin will, get, it'll do to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. A few hundred's nothing. <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, I'm not. I'm not one to talk, considering that I've spent about that on Valorant. So you know, yeah, exactly. It, it's understandable, I guess. But you know, I, I I'd be curious to know how much I've spent on games that I technically paid nothing for to like yeah. play the base game. I think um, significantly more than I would pay. Like the the thing is, like the eighty up front seems like nothing, but then once you're in the game, like it's just such a good fucking business model. To give a free good game that has purchasable content. That's why it's all the rage these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like. But I. I do like that business model for the exact purpose of like. You know, it's something that Riot kind of pioneered with League of Legends, and they've now brought to Valorant. In that, you yeah. can you can play the game completely for free. You could spend zero dollars. And get the exact same experience that any of us have gotten from Valorant. But you don't get aimbot. The one exception is you don't get <laughs> the fancy looking. Well, you don't get the guarantee of having that fancy looking gun. Yeah, because you can pick uh, it up. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, you can pick it up. Um, you could kill somebody on the other team and be like, "Oh, cool, high on up." Ooh. Uh but yeah, obviously, you don't get the guarantee of having it. And well, I guess. If we're kind of done with KO here, might as well transition into that as a side topic. Just like the pay-to-win idea of skins. Well, hold up, hold up, Cass. We uh, we didn't talk about the bet. We just talked about gambling addiction. We didn't talk about the uh, part two of the bet. Um, unless you're trying to avoid it, unless you're scared. Yeah, it's not. It has less of to do with scared and just more to do with the fact that, like, as we discussed off-podcast, I don't know what I would be putting up yet. Because... I mean, you can just put up the same the value. Okay, well, let me let me describe what the bet is, uh, and it's not official yet. Cass hasn't agreed to it. This is what I've offered to Cass. I've said uh, that someone in the NA Challengers playoffs, the event that's starting this weekend, 
in the finals of that event, uh, someone on the winning team in one of the maps will top frag as Yoru. Have That's, we not talked uh, about this on podcast? Was this not in our podcast no, no, no. last okay. week? No, 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 okay, there's a separate bet. Okay. The, yeah, uh, this is this is hundred significantly more specific than what our bet yeah, yeah. was. Okay, okay, so our exist our existing bet is across all of the uh finals games for challengers playoffs across regions, one team, regardless of whether they win or lose finals, will use Yoru to great effect in one of the maps. Okay. With this bet, it's saying in NA, the winning team in one of the maps will have a Yoru top frag. So this is wait, much this more is like a way worse deal for you, Hunter. Uh, yes, okay. I'm fully aware of that, and this is why what I've offered but here's is the a thing. win-win. Hunter's Hunter's offer is I haven't the, yeah yeah yeah. Hunter was saying he would buy me Borderlands, I believe three. Yes, yes, three. If if I win the bet. Yes, Which he's totally right. fine with because he wants to play Borderlands 3 with me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Either Yuri's supremacy is established or I get to finally play Borderlands 3 with Cass. Which is, uh, the problem is know. I just don't know what I would put up on my end of the bat because if Hunter's coming up with a win-win scenario for himself, I would probably want to have a win-win scenario for me. And I just don't even know what to toss up there. Do you have any ideas, Chase? I mean... Well, what would Cass want? I, I okay. I I would say like. Hmm. Okay. I I have no idea. <laughs> I am a pitcher when he gets out here. That's what I, I was thinking. No I was like, I have no idea how much Borderlands Three cost. So yeah, on G two A, it's like it's like twenty bucks or something. Yeah. Like okay. So nice buying you a pitcher when you get out here would be a win win for me, and it's roughly the same. Time yeah. I was like, buy buy him it. some Let's drinks when when he's here in Vancouver. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Are you on cats? Yeah, that could go. That could go. Let's go. Let's but that's, go. that is a win-win for me. I mean, Cascus cool. Borderlands, basically, from that. Like, that's so fucking specific. <laughs> that is incredibly nah, nah. fucking specific. I'm calling um, it right now. I would now. say that Hot the tank. odds the odds are much in, in Cass's favor here, which makes yes, me think yes. that you, you might need to buy him a pitcher and a beer. <laughs> you <laughs> I know, go with a pitcher and a beer. <laughs> yeah, just, like, up it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Here, I'm going to come out with a A pitcher and a poutine. Tank. Here we go. A pitcher and a poutine. Ooh. Ooh. That's spicy. But it can't be none of that vegetarian poutine shit. Uh, that's like, like most poutine that you buy is no, actually vegetarian. No, 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 but vegetarian. if it's going to be poutine, like, we're going the whole nine yards. We're going, like, we're going, like, Montreal poutine. Well, cool. Then you get to pay more for that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> no. If well, we're going full Canadian, we got to go full Canadian. Well, we can go to the fucking Quebecois bar and get, <laughs> and get poutine and... And some beers. Sounds um, good. Where was I? Oh, yes. Pay-to-win skins. Um, now, I will say there are some pay-to-lose skins in the game. Such as... Uh, <clears throat> uh, Singularity Phantom. <clears throat> Smite. Uh, <laughs> Smite Phantom. <laughs> no, no, because I was going to say that I think... And I, I'm sure we... I talked about this when we went through our guns... Uh, or when we're talking about all the guns in the game and what skins we like the most for either of those. Uh, I was saying that I I do genuinely believe that the sound the gun makes actually plays an important role in in how you perform with it. Like the general feel of the gun as a whole. You absolutely get no you get no uh competition or, or backlash from me there, because I've literally said on the podcast that I hated the vandal until I bought a skin for it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, now I use the Vandal way more than I use a Phantom. Yeah, so I, I, I do think there is definitely an aspect there that is, like, it's not really full pay to win, but, like, like I just don't love the feel of the base Phantom. Um, But both the Prime and the, um, what's the name of the Zed skin path? Spectrum. 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 Yeah, uh, I, I own both of those on my main account, and those I those I really like. The Spectrum um, Phantom just feels so nice to shoot. Yeah, like and the I, sound I think that is, is a so huge cool. Component, yeah, and like how you perform with the gun just has to do with like a lot of it comes down to how the feel of the gun is. Um, and so I think to a certain extent you could say there is a small pay to win percentage there. And somebody on Reddit a while ago, um, got a bunch of people to go in and run um in the in the range either on medium or hard mode for the 30 bots with um with the skin that they liked versus the main default matte black edition of either the phantom or the vandal and record their their um their stats over like 10 runs through on each and then com- like combine that from like I don't remember how many people he got to join in, but it was a solid number to the point where like there were there were enough entries to try to make correlations there. Um and people on average performed better with the skin of their choosing than they did with their skin. So there's definitely something to be said in that regard for The thing is know. like it's so subjective, right? That there is the possibility and there probably are plenty of people who just really like the bass sound of the vandal and like the bass sound of the phantom mm-hmm. right it's so subjective whether you like or you don't like that so it's like yeah. if you don't like it then yes buying a skin with a different sound will make it better for you but if you already like it i feel like the the fall off is not very large right yeah, and adding on to that as well, what I would be really interested in with that study is how many people had a Phantom or Vandal skin that wasn't didn't actually have any different visual or audio effects and was just a respray. Because one thing that I was talking with Chase earlier about today is that I bought the Smite Phantom on one of my ults as kind of a meme, because in my Night Market I had the Reaver Vandal and after I bought the Reaver Vandal, I had just enough left to buy the Smite Phantom, and I wasn't going to put any more money into that account. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll get a Phantom skin as well for cheap. It was like four bucks, I think. And I was getting flamed by the other team. They were like, who the fuck buys a Smite Phantom? <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes it better. But, like, I, I feel like even though that skin is just the most basic respray possible, nothing moves on the skin. There is no audio or visual effects different than the base oh, phantom. Kind of glow. I wish kind of glow. <laughs> that would make it. That would make it cooler. Oh. No. Okay, I didn't. Know it that does it nothing. Glow. It's just a spray. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. That's I, or, when we talked about skins uh, on the on the podcast. Like one of the first like three episodes, I said the Smite pack is one of the most disappointing packs for the reason that it's a lightning pack where the lightning doesn't, like, have any sort of, like, glowing to it. I thought it, like, I thought it glowed or pulsed or something like that. But nope, I, nope. Yeah, okay. Can confirm, does not. <laughs> Got it. Either way, I, I've kind of grown attached to the skin as a meme, 
And I feel good using that skin, even though it doesn't have any effects over the base. So I feel like there's a psychological aspect that's more than just, you know, what the skin is bringing to the table. And also the fact that you're like, you know, the Marines have a whole code behind, like, this is my rifle. This is my rifle. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I wonder how much that plays a role in it versus how much, you know, the alignment of the effects corresponds to how you like to play. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I gotta say, yeah, obviously no, no sound change whatsoever, but I really like the velocity skins. Yeah. Um, I, I think the velocity skins are sweet. Mm-hmm. I, cause I bought the battle pass on my main alt, which. Your main is, alt. <laughs> well, it's significantly higher than my main at this current point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm like. a solid margin. Yeah. I think you... I'm like. I think I am a single win off gold on my alt right now. That's ridiculous. Um, that is wild. My main, which is like middle of the pack silver two. <laughs> but like, I really like the velocity skins on that account. The Rambit, I, so while we were, we were messing around the other day and we're playing with, um, I believe Hunter's dad among some other people. Um, so I swapped over to my alt, uh, for that game. And, God, I like that Karambit. It's nice. I fuck around with that Karambit way too much. Because, like Hunter, uh, recently I bound Inspect to my mouse. Uh, yep. Once you do of, it, you never go back. I replaced the E bind on my mouse with with Inspect weapon. <laughs> oh, um, now that's bold. <laughs> well, I don't have enough buttons on my mouse like Hunter does to, to have both. I was going to say, I'm, I'm so amazed at how many buttons you guys have on your mouse that you're willing to use in game what do you mean i mean all i I, all i have on my mouse really is inspect and voice chat features i have like mute discord and i have uh toggle voice chat in game right toggle i i I am the person Cass is speaking about i have all of my abilities including one of them twice plus reload plus inspect weapon on my mouse that's insane you have one of them twice? How many one fucking of them, buttons do you have? That's ridiculous. I have, besides uh, besides left click, click, right click, and the middle scroll oh, wheel, wheel, plus middle scroll wheel in, we'll ignore all those. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven buttons. Yeah, and the key Oh, do you key use your thing, DPI shifters? I have them rebound. You I have them rebound. Oh, okay. Shifters. Yeah. And th- this means that I am on 400 DPI when I'm just in my desktop. Which you know, I, Cass thinks is crazy. And I now that I've gotten two insane. displays, it is a little bit of an L when I don't move a window fast enough and it doesn't go across because it thinks I want to like put it to the side. But you know, I get used to it. Yeah, I'm on that 1200 DPI all around. <laughs> Love to see it. Oh, <laughs> but, the number's gone down. I feel like it was 1600 at some point, but I, I, it is. It's Dude, it was like 6,400, like when you started. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that number's gone oh, down but a cast, lot. But Cass, to answer your question why I have one of the abilities twice, mm-hmm. it's because I had the same model of mouse, but an older one uh, that I spilled root beer on during the summer. And as a result, the button that I had bound to my C ability for Valorant stopped working. So I had to bind a different button to it. And so now, sometimes because of muscle memory, I go to press one button or the other like i kind of alternate which button i press for c 
And so by having them both bound to C, that means I, you know, don't get a... It can always pull up my C when I need it. Speaking of just, like, the whole muscle memory right there, I actually have recently messed around with a bunch of my, like, agent-specific keybinds. Cool. Um, Because I found that when I first... Like, now I'm... Okay, I would say I am now playing chamber and jet in a 60-40 ratio. Maybe 70-30. And a lot of this has had to do with the fact that I've been having to fill duel list lately. Which should not be a thing. Yeah, I think you talked about this a couple episodes ago at least. But but it it has been happening more often now. Like within the last week. Um, But at any rate, I found that uh, I used to... I used to hit Q a lot when I was playing Jet, pull out my Headhunter, and then I would just updraft in the enemy's face, and then just be in the air and be like, ah, fuck. Um, so I actively... It's like the move. meme, yeah, this is me. You're probably wondering how I got in this situation. <laughs> um, so I actively removed Q from doing anything on Jet. I think I actually might have said it to be the same as 2, so... I at least pull out my pistol when I'm panicking because I, I usually like I'm reloading my gun or something and I'm like, ah, shit. Um, so I, I think I rebound Q to like B2. So I pull out my secondary. Um, and then I exclusively have updraft on my mouse now when I'm playing chat, which is totally fine because I never, I don't think I've ever hit Q to updraft as chat because I wanted to updraft. Um, Can I just have it switch to my pistol when I run out of bullets? <laughs> yeah, you don't. I don't I, pull I, out my pistol. I can't do it. Like, I'm saying pistol, 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 and he's just standing there, looking dead at the enemy and reloading. Reloading his. I I can't do it if for some reason. Like my brain just freezes as soon as I run out of bullets, and I cannot pull out my pistol. Uh, yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, that only clicked for me in the like the past half year, and like the last half of the half year, I used to be terrible think, at that as well. I think because Chase did not play a bunch of FPSs that are more noob friendly, for lack of a better way to put it, um, he's not in the habit of just insta reloading, which is really good, right? Because like I played a lot of COD as yeah. you know when I was younger. Um, like middle school age, and it, it, it's a huge thing that like you just people just reload after they fire any amount of bullets from their gun. It's like oh, I don't have max reload, and it's a really bad habit that a lot of people have. And Chase does not have this to the point where I'm spectating him sometimes, and I'm like, dude, you got three bullets in your gun, and you've got tons of time to reload. Like, no, because it's like if if I miss those three bullets, I'm dead anyway. I okay. I'd say if you miss like eight, <laughs> and they could be 10, around this corner. I'm about to. Yeah, I'm saying like eight to twelve bullets. You're probably dead. But like, unless I know I'm actively being pushed, if I have three bullets, I feel like I should probably reload here. Okay, well that that's I feel like a bit disingenuous. I feel like I do reload in those circumstances if I know I have plenty of time. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna reload. If yeah, I have 15 I, I bullets, like I'm gonna I've reload seen... back to the 25. Like that's. I, I I just feel like I've seen a lot of circumstances in which like I am dead and I am watching your perspective, and I'm just thinking to myself like, 
like, does he know how many bullets he has? Like, it's yeah, probably safe to reload right now. Chase <laughs> um, actually forgets he's playing Valorant and not Tarkov, and he's frantically spamming tab trying to pull up his inventory and repack his mags. <laughs> yeah, it's really happening. Here. I just really didn't want to quick reload and drop my magazine on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I feel like it, it probably comes into effect more when I pick up a gun and just don't check how many bullets are left. Yeah. Um, I feel like that happens a lot where, you yeah. know, I pick up a gun as like a gun upgrade and it's got like four bullets left, but I haven't, I'm, I'm just expecting it to have full ammo. And then I get into an, into an engagement. I'm like, well, fuck. But yeah. See, that's the time that I actively tell people how many bullets they have left is when they picked up a gun on the ground because they might just be hyper-focused on what's going on and not the fact that they just picked up a gun that might have low ammo count. As which, like, if I'm spectating somebody and they were firing bullets from their gun, I usually won't mention it, even if they're at a couple, because I just kind of assume you know. Um, but, like, I'll definitely mention it to someone when I'm spectating them if they pick up a gun off the ground and it's got, like, four to five bullets in it, because, like, they're probably in a more tense situation and just are not actively paying attention to that because they've got other stuff on their plate. Yeah, and I do think yeah, you should I don't still tell say, me. Like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Jason. I was gonna say you should still tell me like pistol, 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 because yeah. you know <laughs> I I need that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll be saying that every time Chase runs out of ammo, and he's just looking at the person. I'm like, dude, pistol. <laughs> and I, I've been saying that to Hunter like a decent yeah. amount, not as much as you, but I've been saying that to Hunter a decent amount too, because he's also not very good at pulling his pistol out. Well, well, that's what I said. I've only gotten good at that recently. Yeah. I used to be terrible at it. I have a clip of me, of the enemy being absolute potatoes and me giving them time to, <laughs> and them giving me time to do a full reload of my Phantom. Yeah, that, the thing is, is that... yelling pistol the entire time. At our ELO, it, it, we get away with it too often. Like, I'll start reloading and I'll just be strafing. And then they won't hit me. They'll run out of ammo. My reload will finish and I'll kill them. It's yep. fucked. <laughs> And uh, Cass pointing out the idea of, you know, picking up someone else's gun and giving them a, a quick piece of advice on how many bullets they have left, that reminds me that, well, not reminds me, it triggers the idea in my head that a good piece of psychological warfare, if it's the last round of the half uh, and, you know, you're ahead on money by a good margin, frequently what teams think of is, okay, maybe I buy an op plus Vandal, I take the initial peek with the op and I go back and then I grab the Vandal or the Phantom. But what I'm thinking is if you, if you don't have any interest in opping, you could buy two phantoms, take one, and discharge all the bullets from it, and then leave it in a somewhat conspicuous spot. So in case you die, the other t- one of the other team members picks up that, that gun, and if they don't check to see if there's no bullets in the entire gun, they might try to shoot and then just be like, uh-oh, <laughs> I have no bullets. Well, that's uh, like that big brain play of like tossing yeah. your empty phantom at the opponent yeah. to see if they'll pick it up and not have any bullets. That, yeah, that... And like it seems like the time you can do it for free is if you're ahead on money at the half mm-hmm. switch. That's the only time you can do it without any real, you know, investment. Yeah, Alex, I, I ran into that situation the other day when uh, when we were playing Split, and Alex unloaded all of his bullets from his phantom, just firing down mid through a smoke. I think and it was I'm a rotating... Vandal, too, which made it even better. Oh, okay. At any Pretty rate, sure it was I, a Vandal, yeah. I was rotating through mid to go um, to retake B-Site, because I was playing A, and, like, I had an op. 
so I get through mid, and I'm like, ooh, Vandal on the ground. And so I pick up the Vandal, because it's better for retaking than my op is. And then I get into B Heaven, and I'm like, wait. There's literally not a single shot in here. Yeah. <laughs> and I just had to pull out my Headhunter and go in with that. But Oh, yeah, I just had to pull out my ability that's also a gun. <laughs> I would have rather yeah. had a Vandal. Yeah, true. That's classic like, first-person like, talk my right off. there, Cast. Just being like, oh, I have to spend money now, as if you don't have the money already. I, I noticed that every once in a while, I notice myself doing that in certain situations, just like going for the going for this the pure RNG jump shot with my headhunter. <laughs> You're like, like, oh, that was expensive. Taking <laughs> over a sage wall and just going like jump it up and just going pop. And then jumping back again and going pop pop, like, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, there's 300 credits down the drain. <laughs> like I knew I wasn't That's getting great. a kill out of that. There's no chance. Yeah, but if I do, the clip. <laughs> you have a you have a better shot pulling out your classic and right clicking. Yeah. Maybe I don't have a classic. Maybe I bought a shorty. I mean, something I'm might actually... land. Yeah, I, I've, I've, been, I, I've been doing that a decent amount, actually, because I do have my headhunter as well. That, like, I can get I can get a shorty as chamber a good amount of rounds, so long as, like, you know, I've got that 150 credits to spare, and it's not going to put me in jeopardy of full buying next round. Um, having that shorty for the oh-fuck situations when somebody's right up on me is really nice. And in any other situation where I need to pull out a secondary, I've got my headhunter. I think it's a a potentially slightly underutilized aspect of the fact that Chamber has an ability as his Q. Yeah, and I will say that to add on to that, I uh, I think you also don't take that to the logical next step, which is on save rounds or on certain force buy rounds, buying Judge or Bucky uh, along with your headhunter. In fact, once I see if I can make good on this Yoru bet that I'm working on to get to Plat, I'm considering throwing a new one in the ring where I make a new account and play only Chamber and only buy shotguns and see if I can get to a higher rank than you, Cass. I had that idea today. Well, let's see if you can get to a higher rank than him on, on Yoru first. <laughs> and then... Oh, I'm, I'm already one rank away at this point, so, I mean, that's basically a done deal. Oh, yeah, is your main silver oh. two right now, Cass? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm silver one, right. That's, that seems hardly uh, difficult at the moment. Okay, so I want to know what I'm doing wrong with the shorty. What if my... What if my main... Or, sorry. What if my main alt... <laughs> still higher rank than Hunter, though? Does that count as <laughs> him eclipsing me if my main is lower rank? No, you haven't played on it enough. Okay, but right, what so am I doing wrong with the shorty? Because okay. it seems like when I use a shorty... Yeah, I get a kill with it. It's yeah. because that person was literally in my face. Okay. And any further distance, I will fire yeah. two shots, do like 80 damage, and then yeah. they will shoot me. Yeah. But whenever I get killed by a shorty, yes. I get one shot from like five meters away. How much health do you have at the moment? <laughs> I mean, talking 150 to 150? No, no, we're, ta- we're not talking 150 to 150. We might be talking like 100. To 150 here okay. in my mind but like maybe i am a little bit damaged but it, it just seems it seems fucked 
I feel like I people do that... more damage with one shot than I do with two from that distance. Mm. I, I, I find that there are a bunch of situations in which I'll go pop-pop with the shorty, and I'll hit him for, like, 135 or something like that. Like, those... I see those numbers a lot when I don't actually secure the kill, but just to talk about what you're doing wrong with the shorty, the answer is your primary is not an operator. Well, if yeah. I if I would have better luck with the shorty. But the, 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 <laughs> the reason why I find that the shorty works a lot for me is because people think that they're pushing an operator. Right, and then they're coming up close to you because they're, they're like, they're oh, trying that's... To yeah. Swing, yeah, they're trying to swing me really close and not keep any distance whatsoever. And I think because that Because that's does, better against an op, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that is the reason why, like, you know, it's like I I can force people to... Well, not force, but I can incentivize them to swing me closer than they might have otherwise because they think I'm holding an operator. Um, Yeah. And I think that does get me a lot of value. I now, mean, I'm sure that this say... is just pure speculation and pure, like, just salt mm-hmm. of, fuck, I get killed by a shorty way more often than I get kills with it. I'm curious. Yeah, I think Cass and I had the same thought here. But while we're while we're doing some research, uh, Chase, one other thought that I had, you were you were showing me a clip before the podcast of you hitting some dirt nasty headshots. Uh, with a vandal and one of the what that brings to mind for me is that when it comes to using any shotgun but particularly a uh, a shorty because you know you only have those two shots to make it hit um you know if you're aiming for the head with any shotgun you're not getting its full value because you're better off with the body shots so if you don't adjust your aim accordingly from what you're aiming at all the rest of the time assuming you're not opping which you don't then you know, you're potentially not aiming to maximize the use of the gun. True. I feel like I might over-adjust, to be honest. Because Interesting. I think that... Going for the leg meta? The What happens a lot is, I feel like with a shotgun, I get a lot of leg and body shots. And got it, got it. Whereas I'm trying to get body and head shots. Right? So I feel like I, I might over-adjust a little bit, where maybe I need to aim slightly more towards the head and actually hit that like you know upper chest area where you get the best best value out of a shotgun um but it's also like you know maybe sometimes i I go for a lot more jump peaks or you know just try to scare them and jump out at them with a shorty and it doesn't really work so yeah well chase would you like to know your statistics uh sure let, let lay them on me so throughout your career, you have gotten 17 shorty kills, and you have been killed 25 times by the shorty in comp. Okay. If we're looking that's specifically not at this most recent... That's not, a, that's not as high as, of a disparity as I would have thought. Wait, what the fuck? Chase has more shorty kills than I do? Wow. Wow. Impressive. That's and uh, in this current act chase, you are 3-3 three and three on shorty kills versus deaths. Okay. I, I wish that they showed distance. Because that that's what I'm complaining well, it show, about. It does show with your it does show what your longest distance killed is. With a shorty. But yeah. it doesn't it doesn't it show who distance. killed me from the longest distance with a shorty. Oh no, 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 it does not. Um I have to say, so I, I actually just noticed that and admittedly the act is young. Um 
So but it is. I have gotten kills with slash died to a rather small percentage of the guns so far this act. Like, are there there are guns that you have not ki- gotten killed with or died, like, gotten kills with or died to? Yeah. Like what? Uh, well, the shorty for one. You've gotten neither. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, hold on, let me do a quick count. One, two, three. Okay, four, ghost? Five, no, you have to have died to a ghost. I have not gotten a kill with or died to a ghost this act. Really? Really? That's, That's very surprising. surprising to me. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I would I, say I guardian. Ghost, I, guardian. I've died to a ghost twenty six times this act. <laughs> uh, no, I have not died to or gotten killed by a guardian. Yeah, okay that that would that would be one of my guesses. Um, Ares um, is also not on this list. Thank fucking god. So neither. Um, neither for Ares. Yeah, neither um, for Ares. I have gotten judge? a single frenzy kill. Yes, I've died to the judge twice. Mm, okay. I've gotten a single frenzy kill, but have not been killed by a frenzy. Bucky? Um, Bucky, nope. Bucky not on here. Uh, I mean, at this point, yeah. I'm just thinking about guns that you don't use. Right, right, right. But, like... The Bucky's just okay, never I have used. Not, I have not gotten a kill or died to a melee this act. I have not gotten a kill with or died to a stinger this act. And I think that's it. Uh, outside of the Clearly you haven't gone me. against me then, Cass. You would have gotten yeah. many deaths to a stinger. Uh, no, I'd have had pills against a stinger, but that doesn't get recorded. Nah, nah. You would have been uh, shot in the back by a stinger before you even realized there was a Yoru TP behind you. See, I want to know if the there's a gun is... that I haven't gotten a kill with this act. Really? There's... What? No, okay, There, there's a bunch of them. Um... Okay, because yes, there are a bunch of guns that I never buy. But like, there are. I feel like there's significantly. I've I've gotten a kill with an office act. That that was one of the ones I would have expected not to. This this act. Uh, I I have played 26 games, and I have got 48 stinger kills to zero stinger deaths. You <laughs> <laughs> love to see that. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, no, I'm three I think and you guys three. Underestimated a little bit. I'm three and three with the stinger kills, stinger deaths. Mm. Weird. But I haven't, I haven't gotten a kill with a guardian, Ares, Odin, Bucky, Sheriff, which are all guns I never buy. So that makes sense. Yeah, like I, I mean, and obviously, I there's a ton of guns that I literally never buy. In fact, the large majority of guns I never ever buy. Wow, okay, the Bulldog has now eclipsed my Phantom Kills. In total, or this act? This act. Mm. Interesting. Which makes a lot of sense, because I've been going Vandal most rounds, uh, especially on defense. Um, offense, I go for Phantom more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then every save round, or like round two when we win pistol, I buy a Bulldog now, over a Spectre. Like, I haven't bought an Spectre in a while. Yeah, I can't believe you go Bulldog Light Shields, though. I go that's, Bulldog that's Light. Weird. Yeah. Instead of, instead of uh, Spectre Full. I go Bulldog Full. Well, I because I want Bulldog. utility. So I can, I can usually get yeah. Spectre Full and utility, but I can only get Bulldog Light and utility. And I mm. 
really am liking the bulldog. Hmm. Um, especially just because the burst has the like opportunity to one shot from long range, right? And do you yeah. have yeah. you have none of that with the specter, right? I mean, it's yep. not it's not one shot; it's like one burst. But right, right, right. I can one, one burst. burst them. But and, the, but the shots come out so fast with the burst it effectively. And also like in in literally second round, if they don't buy shields, you can actually one tap them in the head with a bulldog. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, like I I don't well, think I, I've, I've ever had a situation. Burst. I don't think I've ever had a situation where I've been killed mid burst while shooting someone with a bulldog. No, <laughs> so, like, I, it's I possible, but it's extremely rare. No, I'm saying like if specifically in round two, if the enemy doesn't buy shields. Like, a single shot from the bulldog can kill. Like, I believe it does 114 to the head at long distance. So I'm saying, like, if the enemy team does it by shield, like, you can just one-tap them with the bulldog. No burst needed. Yeah, I mean, sure. What do you mean, Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with the, the bulldog spray is that, yeah, like, if you see someone's head... And you have a chance to fire before they do, then yeah, you can one tap them with the bulldog. But the the spray being as wild as it is with the non burst bulldog, along with how slow it is, you really want to use the the right click unless you're at extremely close ranges. It's the, pretty the faster burst. than the vandal. Yeah, but barely, and it does so much. It doesn't one tap like the vandal does, and I'm the spray I think is wilder round, than it the does. Vandal. The spray is wilder. Right, right. Um, so that's so that's the point. Yeah. So like in in most cases, you're matter. better off bursting. The spray doesn't range. matter if I hit my first shot. Yeah, true. But like you also play characters who can take one shot and then dip. <laughs> most people take one shot and then they have to figure out how quickly they can get the kill before they die. Right. Also, I'm saying I I've been doing a really good good job this act. Uh, my headshot rate with the operator way down. It's a solid nice. 2.6%. Oh, that's it's good. Been like, it's been like 11 to 12 in previous acts. I mean, it's funny that we're saying that it's down being good, but <laughs> it makes sense with the op that, yeah, you don't want to be hitting headshots. Yeah, uh, it's it's good that you brought up the operator because I was looking through my statistics with weapons this round and this uh, act, I, I meant to say, and granted i haven't bought it very much i have 19 kills versus uh sorry 12 kills versus 19 deaths but my highest kills per round of any weapon is actually with the operator this act and i've been realizing that in when i keep with cast obviously cast is going to be opping on defense and then like yeah i probably don't and also maybe offense but right 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 but like i would never as insta-locking yoru i would never ever consider opping on offense like in mm-hmm. under no circumstance would I do that. Um, but on defense, if I'm playing with someone who's not cast and is not chamber, because if someone's playing chamber, they're almost definitely opping. Um, then I'm realizing that the, the new Yoru is actually pretty well suited to opping because, Oh, well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Obviously the new Yoru doesn't solve the biggest problem of, okay, you need a way to take a shot and then get out of dodge immediately. And both Jet and Chamber solve that issue. Well, the but, main issue is you need to miss and live. Well, I, I guess that's more accurate because, like, technically Reyna could get a kill and dismiss. Yeah, Reyna. because it but, doesn't like, Reyna, really matter yeah. if you get the kill because your requirement of getting out of dodge is just not as high if you get the kill. 
Like right. the reason why you use Jedder Chamber is so you can miss and live. That's that's good clarification, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but then the second biggest problem with the op is that, you know, and this is something that Chamber and Jet actually do share in not really mitigating is the the potential of you know you're holding one site with the op, the attacking team pushes the other site, and now you have to retake with the op. That's why Cass was in the situation he mentioned earlier where he had to pick up a gun off the ground, and it turns out Alex had used every bullet in that vandal. <laughs> so then Cass well, like, uh-oh. To a certain extent, Chamber does somewhat mitigate that by nature of him having a headhunter. Right, right. Assuming bought into it. True, true. Yeah, that, that's a good point. He does somewhat mitigate that. And Jet also somewhat mitigates it by having knives, you could say as well, if you have your knives yeah, up. I, I guess that's true, but like... Yeah. I... Unless the situation is really winnable, it, it, you're not going to be hard. Knives. I'd be hard pressed to pop my knives. Like if I get the call, like if I'm playing chat and like my team's calling out to me, it's just like, yo, like, like they're weak, like they're one shot. You know, like it, it's a one v two. Both of them have like sub fifty health. Yeah, I might pop my knives and go in. Yeah, um, although to be fair, like if you're if you if it doesn't seem winnable and you have an op, you're probably saving and not attempting right, to retake that's, at all. Right, like that that's the big thing. Regardless like, of what character you're playing. Um Yeah. And like, yeah, depending on my money situation, like you know, like there there might be a circumstance in which like I'll toss I'll toss the op off the map and then go in. Right. Um, right. But yeah, generally speaking, like, if I don't really think it's winnable, I'm probably going to back off and try to save. But all that is a useful tangent to what I was saying, which is that the problem of having to retake with an op is one that Yoru can mitigate better than any other agent by having his TP set towards a particular site. Um, what I often find myself doing, whether I have an op or not, as Yoru on defense, is playing mid with a TP over towards one of the sites. because my ability to quickly rotate and then allow the player who was playing on the site that wasn't pushed to then pick up mid as I'm rotating immediately is really valuable. And if I have an op in my hands, that way I don't have to worry about retaking because I can be there to support the team right away. And then kind of part two of that is that I can also take somewhat of off angles. Obviously I can't take as aggressive off angles as jet or chamber, but I can take angles that there's no easy retreat from normally because i can tp out like the one that i've been using the most is on breeze on defense top mid most people peak from you know the left side of top mid from defender spawn but like i can i very frequently like bunny hop across to the right side and then hold from the right side and i have a tp out of that whereas like otherwise people just don't really hold there because you know if they take that op shot and miss now the rest of the team can chuck nades, mollies, utility in that corner, and then you're dead. Whereas I can just TP out. So, you know, I've been appreciating that me opping on defense in some scenarios really works out well as Yoru. Uh, something that you just brought up that I now kind of want to rant about is people at our ELO way the fuck over rotate. That This and, is true, yeah. And I, I know that I rotate fast a lot of times on defense but that's because i don't want to have to retake with an op and but like i in a lot of circumstances like 
I think ideal situation is I have traps set up to let me know if they end up coming back. What's this? At that point, they're on site already, though. Does it matter? Uh, Sure, but I'm saying I would rather, instead of me holding site as anchor, whoever's playing site with me, hold site as anchor with my traps. Because that way we get two people's utility to try to delay. We've got my traps to delay, and we've got whoever else is also playing that site with me to begin the round. Um, because I would, I would ideally like to rotate over to get my op into play when it's not a retake scenario. But I find that as soon as, like, in RUO, I find that so often, as soon as I peel back off a site, the other person's like, oh, he's rotating, I should rotate with him. And then just leaves. Yeah. Which, like, Perhaps I could do a better job on comms, assuming the other person is listening to comms, to try to communicate that better. But it, it, it's just I often feel that, like, depending on exactly how I've set up my TPs, like, and which gun I have, because if I do have a rifle, I am probably the better anchor for that site. But if I have an off, I feel like me anchoring is perhaps not ideal. and. I would like to get that off into play before the enemy team just has full control of the other side. See, so I would, I, I would typically like to rotate fast and have the other person stay behind and anchor. I mean, I think there are two caveats here because we're at our ELO, right? And people over rotate a lot. Um, at our ELO, people are much more likely not to rotate. They're much more likely to five man death ball onto site. Oh, you mean um, the offense is much less yeah, likely to rotate? Yeah. Um, uh, offense is much less likely to rotate. And so then, you know, you over rotating, quote unquote, to the other site is actually fine um, because that's the site that they're exacting on. Um, and two, people don't give good call outs a lot of the time. Meaning you can see three people show up on the minimap running down like C long on Haven while you're on A and be like, oh shit, I need to get over there. None of your teammates are calling anything out. So you don't know that they're actually not committed, right? Like they, they kind of backed out of it mm-hmm. or like they were able to hold it off a little bit. So you're like, okay, I need to get over there. They're probably death balling onto site because that's very common. And then they don't, right? Like you oh, kind of need I your have... teammates to be like, oh, get over here. Or, like, they're not committed. And then oftentimes I also feel like people give that calm too early at our ELO of, like, I need help, I need help. Yeah. And I, I uh, they really the don't. Call, yeah, I typically give the call, I need help, when I'm utterly fucked and I'm about to die. Um, yeah, when it, yeah, when it comes to comms, I, I do two things. If I'm not on the site that's being pushed initially, I'll ask, are they committing? Because that's the key thing to be a commitment. If, you know, spike is down or which I would know because, you you know, you hear the spike yeah. carrier killed. But like if you see three of their team pushing from main onto a site, whatever site it is, then that's that's enough for a commitment. Or, you know, pe- people have different definitions. But me asking that, I feel like helps clarify things a lot. And then if I am and then if I am on a site that's being pushed, I will often initially say like multiple A, for example, and then 
as the situation comes on, as the situation develops, if they're not hard pushing the site, then I will say don't ro- don't full rotate. They haven't committed. Mm-hmm. And those two things I feel like have helped me a lot in preventing those over rotates um, when I, the team isn't committed. I typically just look at my mini map and I just see where my team on the opposite site is positioned. And based on my team's positioning, I make an educated guess as to whether or not it's a full commit. Which could potentially backfire in the context of the enemy team is playing very specifically for a post plant and they just sequester off a small portion of site. For example, say uh, Sage Wall on like Bind Showers where their goal is just to take that teeny little corner that they can plant Spike in. Yeah. And so my team's positioning looks like they've still got full site control, but they don't have showers. And well, like, at that point, you if they're planting, you would get the call out planting. Yeah, exactly. Like so, I, At that point, I would probably know if they're planting. But like generally speaking, I just kind of make an educated guess based off how my team on the other site is positioned. Um, and like I really do try not to like over rotate as much, despite the fact that I'm now being hypocritical and saying that I do like rotating fast. Uh, because like one of the most frustrating things in the world is when I rotate off, only to find that the enemy team is hitting the site that I was holding with an op and had an aggressive angle on. See, I think that it's with an op, it's much better for you to be anchor because you can hold a higher angle, like a more aggressive angle. So that you can see them before they're actually getting onto site. And if you see that rotate coming through, you can, I mean, hopefully get a pick. But if, even if you can't, you can get out of there easily, your chamber or jet. And you can give that call out that they're coming back onto your site before um, they're actually on site. So I think that you holding with an op as anchor is actually a lot more useful than you quick rotating. Um, because then, say, the other four players players die then you can save your op right you don't always have to be on the site that the exact's happening on um mm-hmm. unfortunately like you chose the wrong site there but like that's you have an op maybe the enemy team doesn't even know that you've purchased the op yet right and so then you still have that element of surprise even if you have to save that round i mean technically if the enemy team is paying attention to what my econ is they would know I don't think anyone at our ELO is going to be like, oh, you bought an op. I, I do that all the time. I think you're weird. <laughs> you're weird. You're you're definitely I've the never... person. Like, I'm never yeah. doing math round to round on Oh, I, on I have never heard another had. teammate, whether in, I... like, Discord or just a rando, say, like, oh, okay, this other person probably bought an op based on the econ difference of their money between the last two rounds. I have I have, never, I have heard never heard you say that, Cass. I have absolutely yeah. said that. There's, like, I actually think on my computer I have the clip of this, and I wasn't... I, I wasn't saying... Chase is taking a step further. I wasn't saying, saying that, that you didn't do it. I'm just saying I've never heard someone who's not you saying that. I've never <laughs> I heard Cass say... I've never I, heard I Cass say, like... They're the like this person bought an op because their econ last round was this and their econ this round is this. Yeah, okay. It's obviously a very specific situation, but like 
I, I do remember specifically us playing a game on Haven the other day, and I'll, I'll check after the podcast whether I have this round clipped just because my clipping software clips uh, five minutes, and I wasn't trying to clip this round, but it might still be in that history. Um, but I do very specifically remember doing the math in uh, in this exact situation that we're talking about, to which I knew Chamber had an off because of what his econ was. And I hit tab a lot at the beginning, or I basically hit it at the beginning of every round. Not to check what the scoreboard is, but to take tab of the other team's econ. Because I think that's incredibly valuable. Like, if I see that they're not going to be able to full buy, I am way more, like, attentive to ratty corners. I mean, absolutely, yeah. I check what the enemy's team's econ is every round, too. Yeah. But I'm not doing math between rounds of, oh, I remember that their chamber had 2350 last round, and now they have 4650. So what does that mean? They saved, and they probably don't have an op because they got two grand, and they got no kills that last round. So, um, oh, and they have a player AFK, so they got the extra money there. Like, I'm not doing that math. What what are you talking about? Hold on, let me grab my calculator real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, like, okay. I mean, the only characters I pay attention for that are literally for Chamber and Jet because they're the only two that are likely to buy an op. Let me take a break from our usual shitting on cast routine to say um, I, one thing that I've learned from you, cast, that I've tried to incorporate in my own gameplay is you do a really good job of checking before the round, like you said, and seeing what the other team's econ is. That, you know, back when I started playing Valorant and even when I started playing Valorant with you, I just very often wouldn't think to check. And like a lot of times in solo queue games, you don't have someone calling that out. Um, And seeing you always keep an eye on the other team's econ has helped me to realize, oh shit, I should do that too. (laughs) I should see if the other team is saving. Uh, Sometimes it's very obvious, but sometimes it isn't. And like you said, in terms of watching out for ratty angles and understanding how how to play around based on the econ of the other team, that's important. Even if the, even if the whole round to round thing is a little more complicated i mean definitely i think that i i do this the same thing or and i try to give those call outs when when i know that it's not what my team's thinking or you know when, yeah. when they're on a save i can be like hey they're on a save uh but where i find it most useful is at like round three when you don't know like maybe especially at Arilo, you never know who forces up and who doesn't in round two it's a fucking crapshoot. It's a crapshoot, but you can tell, like, you know round three who did. Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes, you know, you your whole team forces, or I guess buys, because you won round one. Um, And you're like, maybe I didn't see anybody that round because my team with the Spectre rolled them on whatever site they pushed, right? But it's very useful for me to check that econ and be like, oh, three of them actually bought up that last round and now have no fucking money. But two of them will have guns, right? Like that's that's very useful to uh, information to have, and you know who's going to have the guns, and at this point, hopefully, where they might be playing. Yeah, and like I, I will say when we're when we're stacked three plus, like if I'm playing with one of the two of you, or just me plus somebody else, I don't pay as much attention to the teammates or the enemy team who is not jet or chamber like i don't pay attention to how much money the rest of them have 
It's mostly just do they have enough to full buy or not. But when we're stacked to like three plus, I'm assuming the enemy team has also some kind of a stack. Um, and we'll, we'll, yeah, be like, oh, this sage has seven, like 7,600 credits. There could very reasonably or reasonably be an alt purchase in this round. Um, well, that, that, or like, or you mean like just buying for somebody else? Um, yeah, I'm saying like this, or this like, sage could buy an op for either chamber or jet. In the same and vein, even if it's not a chamber or a jet on one of the two teams or you, on the enemy team, even if there's not a uh, a stack, you could you're still looking for that because you know the jet might be like, can I get an op? Yeah, but it's it's just less likely. So like, I don't pay attention to that as much. Like, and then even like... even then, you're looking at like, oh, two people can't buy, but two of the people who can buy have a ton of money, so probably everyone's going to have a buy. Right, right. right? That, like, that you need to look at that shit, yeah. too. No, no, that I will pay attention to. But, like, I'm not going to... I'm not jump-peaking angles unless I have a reason to believe that they have an op. And it, if I'm either... I, I haven't solo queued at all this act, so that's not super relevant. But, like, like I, I, I need a reason to believe that I'm, or that the enemy team could have an op for me to decide to jump peak instead of dry peak an angle, because I like dry peaking angles and just taking the raw aim duel, because my ego is massive. Um, <laughs> As we've discussed. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I need to have an incentive to believe that you have a gun diff on me. Your ego is not... massive or your eco is massive? Because I think both ego. need to be true. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, my ego doesn't matter. I'll fucking dry peek with my headhunter. One bullet. <laughs> I got one shot. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm fucking Ferrari peeking you and taking that fight. I can also That's get great. out of dodge, so. Mm. Well, and then you complain about all the times when you can't. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> it's genuinely a problem, and, and pros have been bitching about this too. Yeah, four frames is, is just too slow. Yeah, okay, but ping. <laughs> four frames is fine when I'm playing on, like, the 14 ping I get to Oregon. Four frames is not ideal when I'm playing on Illinois, and I'm fucking standing out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere for a goddamn hour. Well, then, in the same way, then you should be able to kill the Reina trying to dismiss. I don't have a huge problem with Raina. This might just be recency bias, but I can't think of a situation. I don't know. I get a lot of Raina's like dismissing into my sightline. So that... I, I haven't had that issue a lot recently. And like I said, this could be recency bias. Well, I'm saying I haven't ha had it either because the Raina's I've been playing against fucking mm. suck. Yep. Okay, so slight pivot here. A most fun agent in each class. All right? Okay. And obviously, I've had a bit of time to think about this. You guys have not, because I was the one brainstorming ideas. So. There I'm are classes that I have never played an agent in. Yeah, sure. That's and fine. And that is only Sentinel, but that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, 
and most of the duelists, but I guess I've played unrateds or like spike rushes with yeah. a bunch of them. It, to be honest, I ha there's a good number of agents I literally have not touched in this game as well. Okay, but, but who do we believe is the most fun in, within sure. each class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, what do you, what do you, what's your general feeling gun? Now, for Duelist, I got Jet slash Neon. See, I was going to go and Neon. Agreement. Hunter, I, I know you want to say Yoru. I know you want to. <laughs> but ignore your heart for a second and think with your head. Um... I mean, I think he Here's has to say Yoru. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a very hard time not saying Yoru because the ability to teleport places and, first of all, just the feel of teleporting is so unique and cool with Yoru. The as you burst through that <laughs> portal. Like, there's, I've noticed from messing around in the range, there are, like, three different sound effects that Yoru can make when teleporting to his orb. And one of them is, like, way cooler than the other two. But either way, with all of them... Is that the... Or was that a different one? Maybe. May maybe. I'm not quite sure about the intonation of what you okay. said and which one, which one of the three that matches up with. But either way, um, oh, when you combine that... different things? Is it just different sounding grunts? It's different sounding grums. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, when you combine that with the potential for outplays with that, um, I think Yoru can easily be the most frustrating of the duelists, but I think he has the most potential to be the most fun. Um, that being but said, though... you played with Neon's ult? You got, you got to think too much with Yoru. That's the problem with being fun. Is you got to be thinking. And Neon, you don't got to think for shit. You just got to point and shoot. It's so much fun to fucking blast yeah. around Neon the map. It's just fucking fun as shit. Now, I don't I don't love the rest of her kit. And obviously yep. Hunter and I have talked about this a lot on this podcast and a lot off this podcast about what her kit entails. But like the word that comes to mind when I think about her alt is just fun. It's just fun to be able to it run is a fun full ult. speed. I won't, I won't I think deny that. I, I think it's just a really fun alt. And, like, obviously, I think Jed is super fun because, like, there's all this movement shit that, like, I can do. And, but then then we're now talking about, like, Ray's also has a bunch of movement shit that she can do. Yeah, I would and go Ray's almost Ray's, before Jet. Which is entirely understandable. Uh, I just, like, I mean, Anyone who yells, lot. here comes the party, obviously, yeah. they're <laughs> Yeah, I just think that Ray's ult seems really cool to, like, blast pack in and ult somebody. That seems like a mm -hmm. bunch of fun. And more fun than something you can do with Jet. Yeah, I just like oping a lot, so that I think Jet's like I yeah, just think Jet because I, I like feel op. like I feel like uh, if we're talking ults solely for duelists, then Raze is number one, followed by Neon. When it comes no, to no, no, dude, Neon's ult is just so fun. And the slide rocket launcher. Maybe, yes. maybe, oh, maybe if I was actually good at double blast packing. Raises alt would be a ton of fun, but as far as I'm concerned, I can pull out Raises alt, and then I can go boop and get myself higher in the air so I get a slightly better angle. But I can't go from like fucking short to heaven on bind. That's just not. Yeah, but now you're happening. talking practicality and not fun. No, no, I'm not talking practicality. I'm saying flying from short to heaven would be fun as fuck. It's much more fun it. to rocket launcher three people and get a three k off your alt when you know they're pushing. 
Like, obviously, yeah, if you're talking fun in movement, which makes sense you'd be thinking that way because you play Jet, then, yeah, obviously Neon's movement is more fun than Reyes's. But, like, having a big-ass rocket launcher, I feel like you're underrating it because Reyes has been out since the other way. I think Reyes's movement would be more fun than Neon's. I just think Neon's ult is a fuck-ton of fun. And obviously that is Paris. That is basically her movement. I feel like that's true because it's fresh. In your mind. I think if Raze yeah. and Neon came out at the same time, you would agree with me that Raze's ult is more fun than Neon's. Even hey, though they're both fun ults. I don't I, I just, like, when I played my, playing Neon in the PvE, like, my yeah. first thought process, and we can go back and check the VODs, uh, the VODs being our past recordings, um, I don't remember thinking that she was going to be, oh, crazy broken or super strong. I remember thinking she was going to be a bit better than she actually turned out to be, but like, but my initial thought process of playing Neon in the PBE was just like, her alt is fun. Like, I, yeah. I think Neon was a fun character when she came out, and yeah, I think she's I, still fun. I, I yeah, hate playing I her, but she's still fucking a blast to play. Yeah, like, <laughs> just pulling out that alt. What is the voice line? I don't, it's something dumb. And some dumbass fucking voice line. The voice I'm lines have gotten worse. What? what? I think pissed is in there somewhere. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. At any rate, like, it, I I just think her all just a fuck ton of fun. Um. So I my my vote goes goes to Neon. I'd say my vote also goes to Neon because like you can just fucking run into sight. But like the reason I don't play her is because she incentivizes you to do dumbass shit. Which is also why she's fun, but like I think that those go hand in hand. Is that like you? She's terrible because basically all she incentivizes me to do is peek dumb angles because I'm fast. Yeah, I'll I'll stick I'll stick firm with my Yoru, but we can agree to disagree and move on. Yeah, to the next okay. I, I I kind of figured you were gonna go steadfast with Yoru there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So initiators. I got Ko. Okay, so we got Ko. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I would agree with Ko. Ko is a Breach lot of fun to play. Well. Breach, Breach is a lot of fun too. But I, I would, I, I would like, say Ko is like more KO's fun. Little... Yeah. yeah, the little, the little flash. Work. Yeah, yeah, just like sorry, I, I guess I have to say it because you guys can't see us. The the little right click flash, just that little fuck you to the enemy team. Yeah, you know, I will it, say it, that it's like his right click flash, yeah. especially out of a smoke, is just like giving the enemy team the finger. It's like this is gonna blow up in your face, and you're not gonna be able to see shit, and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. Yeah, What's that? I will and say the knife thing... is a lot of fun. I don't oh know. yeah, I, okay. I will say, knifing somebody, especially a raise, you hear the here comes the party, and then you just go knife. Actually, you hear fire well, in the hole, but yeah. Oh, okay, same thing. Same thing. You, yeah. you throw the knife, and then you just see that raised face pop up on that UI. So fucking satisfying. And you know they're just, like, throwing yeah. their monitor out the exactly. window. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> their, their keyboard is yep. broken. Yep. Um, like, eight alt points down the fucking drain. And it's even better if you see them blast packing into your face and trying to re-equip their gun. <laughs> yep. Um... Yeah, fuck. I hate playing against KO. I hate playing like Sova KO. against KO, dude. If I lose four hundred credits for that fucking knife, four hundred credits. 
is nothing compared to an eight cost alt. Oh, obviously, obviously, <laughs> it's it's okay, better okay, than Sova losing has, your. Sova has an eight cost alt too. Yeah, you're just less likely to get knife during your alt. Exactly. Yeah, but I think that it's the drone that really fucks the, like, mm -hmm. with Ko the the drone being knifed in your drone sucks. Yeah, Especially when you say, just pop it, you get to see, like, right in front of you where you already saw, and then you get knifed, and you're like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, I do think KO is the most fun initiator. Yeah, just to add to that, not to disagree in any way, um, one thing that Chase brought up when talking about Neon is how dumb her voice line is when popping her ult. And I think voice lines do play a small but significant role when it comes to um, you know, how fun an agent is. And I think K.O. has some of the coolest voice lines. Like, when he says, uh, when he says, uh, oh, what is it? I forget the beginning. It's like, kill, kill mode all enabled. your opponents. Well, kill all your opponents is cool, but, like, he starts by saying something like, kill mode enabled. But then he says oh, no, at the no, end, no, oh, that's yeah, a yeah. joke. Kill mode It's like, kill mode activated. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a joke. joke. Kill mode is kill default. Mode is like, default. Yeah. He just has, like, such cool voice lines, especially in his robot voice. Like, whenever I have a KO on my team and they say something before the round, it always makes me hyped. Yeah, well, when and, they first uh, came out, I thought they were kind of lame. But they've grown on me as they've been in-game. I, I like the... Uh, now, recently, I like that, like, certain agents have been talking about other agents as, like, yeah. pre-round voice yeah. lines. I like and that I think a lot. That some of the newer ones that have come out recently are really good. Yeah. I, I don't have an example off the top of my head. But even but like, like the classic mid round KO alt, no one walks away. Like, no one walks so away is a, is a dope voice line for the, yeah. it for is. the ult. And like, I think, I feel like that makes him more fun to play. Uh, so that's, that's why I'm just emphasizing that the voice lines go like build on his already fun yeah, yeah. kit. To make it even more cool. In game. Yeah, I mean, Chamber Watch has the this. worst ult line in the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are so dead! Is like, so bad. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's terrible. Gosh, you know, I, I, I've got a really good clip of me v the other team's Chamber, uh, like, alt v alt. And, like, right mm -hmm. as the barrier drops, I just hear, like, you wanna play? And then I, ha and then I head tap him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or then I shoot him with my alt. I don't remember if it was a head. Beautiful. Let's play. Let's play. Yeah, I, I think that's better. That's play. a better voice line that's than one team. Than yeah. They are so dead. <laughs> yeah. Um. That being said, uh, one of the things that Chamber has that is, you know, kind of, it's a little cringy, but it's also kind of cool. Is like it, his voice line continues as you get kills with his alt. Like, you get a kill, and he's like, oh, this gun is so fun, or something like that. Um, yeah. And, like, he says things as you continue to get kills with his alt, which I don't know if any other character has. The enemy team gets to hear Reyna laughing when she gets kills, and then dismisses. Yeah. But yeah. I can't think of any other character that, like, says stuff. Brim says stuff. Brim says stuff like mid round. He'd be like, "Like that's three. Yeah, I think so every character has increasing kill voice lines. Yeah, yeah. That, uh... like, and Phoenix. Yeah, like your aces is so fun. Send five more. We can do this again. <laughs> no, I I think Phoenix has the best as you like increasing kill count. 
I don't know what Phoenix's ace sound or alt line or voice line is because back when I played Phoenix, I never got an ace. But like, he he's got some really cool ones as you go up at kills. See, um, th- this is unconfirmed, but I think that Brim might have a voice line for when other players on your team get multi kills. Which I think lorically makes sense. But yeah, he says it mid round or he says it after the round? Mid round. Really? This is completely when you say unconfirmed. This is unconfirmed, it might unconfirmed be... Are you saying that you've experienced this or you've seen I'm like, saying I think I experienced this earlier today and what I'm thinking about, but I am know. completely unconfident about this thought. Did you clip it? I really want to see this. No, I, I did not clip it. But I, I'm thinking oh, I'm thinking that it would make sense lorically. Because yeah, he's, he's the leader of he's the, the leader. Project. He'd be like, oh, we're doing well, right? But yeah. who knows if this is actually a true thought or if right. I have just combined two things in my head. I, I do love the deep pride yeah. <laughs> <laughs> line from when um, he kills it. Okay, so KO, unanimous decision. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, Omen. Okay, we're talking controllers. Talking controllers. I'm going Brim for sure. Yeah, but... That's but, funny. But I was going to go Viper. Chase, take your heart out of the situation and think with your head. Take your, take your heart out of the situation and think about the stimmy. The new stimmy. Stimmy can actually kind of the new stimmy. So much fun. Oh kinda my god. Hot. It it like, makes it the character like, oh, that like, I already I was, loved so much more fun to play. I, I was playing yeah. um God, we we're playing on Bind, and I want to say it was Oliver who was playing Brim. And when I'm running up B long as Chamber to like, you know, get my ideal TP set up going, and like it I as soon as I get around Fountain. That brim ste- like that brimstone beacon's out, and I'm fucking up long. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it. God, it's cool. But yeah. I think Brim might be the most fun controller for somebody else on your team to be playing, so that I can That's zoom true. around. Well, true, think, definitely, because he's the only one that affects other characters on your team yeah, with the yeah, ability. Yeah, but but I, like, I think, dude, Omen, Omen, kind of cool. Omen's cool, but Omen like, looks the coolest. Is there any debate there? Can no. we say Omen uh, looks cool? Let's... I I think Viper looks pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. I'm Viper I'm does look Viper. pretty badass. Yeah, especially like when you select Omen her and she comes like, out of the poison cloud. But dude, pretty, Omen is pretty literally metal. fucking ephemeral. Like he's just like cloud or a concentration of darkness. Like that maybe is this true. is just the edgy teen and me talking. Yeah, but I mean, like, Omen is very cool. I'm not Omen disagreeing cool. that Omen is cool. Omen yeah. is very cool, but I think that Brim is more fun because of the... Specifically because of the Stim Beacon buff that boosts your speed. Because, fuck, right. is it so much fun to just drop that on your entire team and death ball into somewhere or, like, get past an angle? Uh, given the given the amount of time a Hunter has played on Omen, I'm surprised he's disagreeing with me here. I thought I'd at least yeah, I, on my side for this one. I knew you were going to I just enjoy it, playing Viper but... so much. I think that playing in her, in the Viper's Pit is one of the most cool and unique like ult mechanics in the game. And I think that the variety of ways you can play around your Viper's Wall, particularly on defense, it's just a blast. I mean, that's like, cool, that but control. it's not fun. Yeah, it's 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 totally fun when you can like push like play around your viper's wall to get mad kills. I mean, Chase, like, I will say the one counter thing here is like getting thirty kills in a map 
is fun. fun. Yeah, true. Fun. Just doing like, well is fun. Off, yeah, and, but like, I thought we were well, like fun. We're taking that out of it. It's more like no, yeah. How does yeah, the I'm character? Not, I'm not itself... saying that I like Viper because I'm successful with Viper. I say that I'm saying that like the 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 variety of options you have when it comes to Viper's kit and how you play and the, like hearing the hiss of the smoke as it's debilitating oh, the enemy team. Uh, and sneaking around it, you feel like a snake ready to strike at the opportune moment, and that kind of uh, that kind of thing is just really cool, in my opinion. It's, I mean, Viper, Omen is cool as well. Like, I, I for me, it's between Viper and Omen. I think I kind of agree with Cass that like Brim is fun, but you also get the most fun part of playing Brim if you're not playing Brim. So I, I'm agreeing yeah. that between for me, it's between uh, Viper and Omen. Like, oh, but I, you like, still Omen's... get that fun part of Brim while playing Brim. I don't understand what you're saying. And it's fun to have it with your whole team. Like, it's fun to be the one that enables your entire team to do that. This is true. And and I will say, the old of Rim is fun. Paranoia. Like, I don't know. I I just think Omen's kit's really cool. And. eh. Omen's kit is. I guess we're just going to have to disagree here. Yeah. Are we going to have a three-way disagreement? Everyone besides Astro. Everyone besides Astro. Yeah, Astro's not the one that's fun to play. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, well, wait, wait. Let us I know in the Discord who who the best controller any is and the most fun out controller. There, tell us why we're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Why is Astro more fun? Tell me, but what? Tell me, tell me why you enjoy being an Astral form all game long, just not playing the game. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't don't even tell me that. Tell me why Brim's the best. That's just all I want to hear. That's all I'm gonna read. <laughs> Chase just wants you to stroke his ego boner. It, absolutely, um, because oh, yeah. Brim is definitely the the most fun controller to play all right man you know what i don't even know if we need to talk about the last category here i mean we do it, let's talk I, about i'm gonna go ahead and say there, there's no need like there's no need to have a discussion um if you guys have a different opinion from mine it's just factually incorrect so i mean i i might, I, I have a i have a counter argument to uh to the chamber <laughs> I didn't even say what I was gonna say. We, we, everyone knew knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> like, yeah. it, that's literally everybody listening knows exactly what you're going for. Um, and it's just the factual correct answer. I mean, I would I would put Killjoy up there. Why? So you can fucking eh, turret goes out. I feel like the turret and turret's cool. Yeah, but like turret goes out. Turret's fun, mollies sit, are fun. And you sit on the other side of the corner, and you're just like, ha ha, my turret's there. Woo-hoo. Sage is a good one, because you can fucking grimwall shit. Okay, if you're grim, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're grim, Sage, sure, I'll give that one to you. That's if just you fun, grim, yeah. Walling you your entire team you're up. playing Sage, like, yeah, that's cool. Cass, I hate to agree with you when you come in this cocky, but, like, as as much as I like playing Killjoy, and I play Killjoy vastly more than Chamber... Um, I have to agree that Chamber is the most fun simply because, you know, he has really cool guns as his abilities. <laughs> I think it's hard to top <laughs> that when it comes to uh, Sentinels and uh, Killjoy. I feel like the problem with her in terms of fun, not in terms of viability, but in terms of fun, is that you can have moments that make you laugh out loud as Killjoy when you alarm bot and then pop two nanos on an enemy team and you get three kills. But, like, there are many situations where they just shoot all your stuff, or KO suppresses you, and then your stuff is useless. So there's, like, 
there's like a big variety. Like you can have moments on Killjoy rarely that are more fun than playing Chamber. You know, you could detain three people on the enemy team and knife them all or something. But like consistently, Chamber is just a blast. So I'm going to have to agree with you there. Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing. I just wanted to bring up something to be more of a more of a discussion topic than yeah, Chamber is the best. I I also think Chamber yeah. is the most fun probably to play. I've not played any of them. Um so but I, I would say that I think that that Sage can have some really fun shit too. Um Yeah, no. I I I will admit a grim level Sage is probably more fun than Chamber. Like I yeah. I will admit that, but I think there are maybe three people in the world who can make the claim that they play Sage to that level in which it would be more fun. Well, yeah, and, and I also think yeah. that if you're at the point where your primary, what you do is, you know, your primary skill is taking off angles and then having incredible aim, like, you may as well just be playing Jet. So the number of people who are, think like Grimm and play Sage are probably fairly small, because most of those people just play Jet or Chamber instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I mean, um... obviously this is very, very subjective, because there's some people that might say, like, you know, they really love mathing out the game and Sova lineups are there are so much fun to them, you know, getting that double shock dart in there. Yeah, average Jonas. Yeah. I mean I mean a- what's he been he's AO been doing uh he has been doing a lot of neon re- recently, right? Mm, I I got no fucking clue. I, I don't, I don't watch streamers. Uh like yeah, Tony loves Chamber. Or not Chamber, fuck Cypher. Cypher, the other the other one that starts with the seat. Tony yep. loves Cypher. I, I don't get it. And obviously, like, to each their own. I'm not going to shit on someone for being like, oh, I think this agent's fun. I just have my opinions on the matter. And kind of sounds like you're shitting on people for thinking an agent's fun. Well, I just think that certain agents are more fun. And obviously, that's just my opinion. And specifically in the context of Sentinels, okay, I'm shitting on tony because he's wrong uh chambers just the most fun sentinel but with other ones i can see arguments for other characters and i guess the only oh no okay i guess we had two unanimouses here right uh we had ko and chamber so we've got two unanimous right and two held back by the fact that one of you two mains somebody in oh line. yeah because uh the one that you of course the one that that you main is unanimous <laughs> well no no one of them is held back by me maining yoru the other one is held back by just everyone having different opinions yeah we all yeah okay like, yeah okay fair enough yeah all three of us had a different opinion on controller that was the most contentious yeah okay so we do have one more thing to cover but can i call for a quick intermission here yeah okay so what is coming in the next patch. Yeah, okay. So we were just kind of talking about this and like we really have no fucking yeah. idea, right? Yeah. Like we I've I don't keep up with like Valo leaks on Twitter or anything. So I have no idea what the fuck's coming. Wait, um, that's a thing? Yeah. Oh. There's a guy who's known for leaking Valorant info. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know this. Okay. So yeah, as Chase pointed out, I have not a fucking clue what's coming in the next patch. And I, I I did off podcast. Bug fixes. Well, well, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be edited out. Um, but like I did just say that, like to emphasize, we're not talking about what we want. 
to come in the next patch, we're talking about like what do we think is actually going to happen. Um, I think it's and... a possibility that Aster might get a star back. I, I could see that. I wouldn't be opposed. I, I'm not. Okay, I, I, how do I phrase this correctly? I'm not hopeful that there's going to be agent changes. Unfortunately, like yeah, I'm not I either. I, I think they probably will want to give it more time. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see any agent changes. Very unfortunately, Rip Phoenix. Um, I don't know, Hunter. You've you've been oddly silent here. Yeah, I. I was actually thinking of Phoenix lately because, as Chase pointed out, the the Valorant devs said that their current focus with this episode as a whole was, you know, making those agent changes that have been needed. And, you know, we we, all, we talked earlier on this podcast about feeling like Sky needed to be nerfed and then maybe she doesn't anymore. But Phoenix, my boy, needs some love. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but it needs to happen uh, soon. And ideally before the next act, I think. So will that be this week? Will that be next? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I generally don't think we're going to see anything. I, I could see more along the lines of where Chase is coming from, in which they realized, okay, perhaps we hit Astra a bit too hard. I could see that more readily than, like, Phoenix gets two walls. Yeah, Phoenix reworks or something. by 30%. Like, I... I, I would I, like I that. that. I would like that, would especially because like I, I, I said it was the act or the, the episode of Agent Changes. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I just don't see that coming. Um, but I, I, I would more readily agree that I think they might be willing to take a, a step back on some of the changes that they made in the previous patch. That, that I could potentially see. What if Phoenix yeah. Wall and Molly healed you, the rest of your team too? Would that be too OP? Oh yeah, way too. I I think it should just do burning damage and maybe last a bit longer. Uh, maybe not as Molly. Maybe just as Wall. I like. But, I think. But why? Why would? Why would healing the rest of your team be too OP when you already have an initiator and a sentinel that already that heal your team? I I think it's too. And the healing like I, already is not great. Yeah, but like. You know, it's hard to it's hard to int if I throw my Molly at my team and it heals them. <laughs> Man's yeah, out true, here yeah. like, figuring out the real problems. But the thing is you're already inting by picking Phoenix, so Yeah. One of Phoenix like... that could make some sense that'd be very interesting is that Phoenix's wall right now has the same problem as Viper's wall did, which is that if you run through the Phoenix wall, the amount of damage you take is fairly minimal. So I'm saying so, DOT. DOT is one way to approach it, which I would like, but the problem is Sorry. that you... <clears throat> Damage over time. I think yes, I understood. Yeah, yeah I, I understood okay. what you meant, but it's good that you clarified that for the listeners. Um, Who are DOT stupid. is good for the... I'm not <laughs> yes. saying you're stupid. Y'all I'm are saying you animals. might not know that specific <laughs> abbreviation. Yeah. Get off my dick here. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, DOT is all great. All well and good, but like if you push a Phoenix wall, you can still get a couple kills before the DOT kicks in and you die. Like if you push a Phoenix wall, you trigger the DOT and then you get two kills and die, like you've already kind of accomplished your mission. What I'm thinking is what sure, if, if I push a Viper push... wall and I get two kills and I die, I've accomplished my mission. Yeah, but the thing is with the Viper wall is the Viper wall is permanently in place and you can use it for a lot more of the round than you can use the Phoenix wall for. 
So what if, like the Viper Wall, you take 30 immediate damage rather than decay nah. from pushing through that Phoenix Wall? I nah. think that'd be spicy and very interesting. Nah. It would be spicy. Nah, the Phoenix Wall's up for such a short amount of time, I don't feel like it would really be OP. Nah. I, I can I, see it. I, I'm, not, I'm not on board for that. Now, what if you made Phoenix's Wall girthy? See, I feel like it makes it more him. It makes him more of a controller than it does do, like play into his duelist abilities. Mm. And I don't like, think I, it I does think because of the fact that for one, he's going to use it a lot of times for self heal, and for two, it's only up for such a small amount of time. That's well, the big I'm difference thinking, with a viper wall. You don't use a viper I, I, wall in most I, cases. That's only going to be useful for the first ten seconds of a round. You use a viper wall that you're going to use throughout the round, whereas you can't do that with a phoenix wall because you only get one. Yeah, but I'm saying they should increase the duration a bit. Um, okay, okay I, 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 I did not intend for this topic to be us just talking about Phoenix. Uh, I do think he needs a buff. <laughs> if we do just want to talk we about all agree Phoenix, that he needs a buff. Yeah, if we do just want to talk about Phoenix, that, that, that's fine, but that was not the original intention. Who knows? Maybe we'll yeah, have more I feel information like I said everything next I want week. to say. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't have anything else to add about Phoenix. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's relatively unanimous that I, 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 I think he needs a buff. Um, is there anything else you think is coming in the next patch? Cast? I no, that's kind of why. Like I, like okay, because I had this thought process that like they're probably gonna want to see the VCT playoffs kind of play out with the agent changes. I don't think we're gonna see much in terms of agent changes. Um, and now obviously I play these characters, so. I am probably not the best to comment on it, but I think the general thought process here is that, like, with Chamber being added, Jet isn't crazy strong, and I think now that teams have had time to experiment more with Chamber, like, you don't just, you don't see either of them spammed all over the map pool anymore, at least in pro play. Um... So I don't think there's a ton to be done there. I wouldn't mind seeing a small jet nerf, like the old bug that she had with her updraft, or not her updraft, her dash, where she had to re-equip her gun, fine. Um, but I, I don't think there's a huge thing to be addressed there. And so I don't think there's too much that there's... I, I really don't think there's anything to kind of touch with the characters here. Um, and now rumor is... The next agent is going to be a Sova rival for pick rate. That's just a rumor I've heard going around through the pipeline. Sorry, what, could you say that again? Uh, the The rumor that I've heard is that the next agent that's coming out is going to be an initiator that kind of rivals Sova's role as an info Ooh. gatherer. That's spicy. Uh, that, apparently, that's it might he might also have after. like a suppress thing. Huh. Um. I that I have not. Maybe heard. not. It's it maybe not suppress exactly as Ko uses it, mm -hmm. but um. I mean, all the teasers, like you know, when you pull up Valorant right now, and like the the first thing is Brim's iPad not working, and oh, Killjoy's. I totally forgot about that. Killjoy's yeah. like shit not working. Um. Mm -hmm. Is that like most likely the next agent is going to have some sort of ability which doesn't allow these like electronic agents, like because he's a hacker, right? 
um, yeah. to, to use their abilities. Um, and like, they've, I mean, there's a ton of cool, like lore shit that they've done, right? Like they've added all those like red folders around all the maps, which is like him leaking data about all of the radiance. Yep. Yeah. Have um, you wait? Have you read? Well, wait. Was it Radiance? Because I think Raze has one on her on Breeze. Well, I think it's just all the people like part of the team. I, yeah. I didn't know that there was a difference between the the available characters and who Radiance or. Um, yeah. No. Uh, because I was gonna say I don't think there's one about Yoru, and Yoru is a Radiance. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like the characters that have like supernatural abilities are like the radiant characters and then characters like killjoy or chamber or brimstone are like not radiant interesting okay that that that's a interesting difference so as far as radiance go i know we've got i know reina very specifically is one hunter said yoru was i yep. would not be surprised to see jet and phoenix as radiance but oh, i don't actually know who is and who is not okay well basically there's a a lot of like those folders about the agents the valorant agents yeah um, it's supposed to be like blackmail yeah exactly so it, it's like basically that. like it lorically it's this guy has hacked into the system and he has all this information and he's leaking it back to to the agents right to be like hey mm -hmm. i could leak all of this data but I'm just giving it to you, but just to like scare you into knowing that yeah, I have right. it, right? Um, yeah, and then there was like a voicemail left on Brim's phone or something where, uh, was it Viper saying that uh, that they want to invite this person to become an agent? Huh. Uh, so that that's like the oh, like maybe they're gonna come into the crew, and that that's gonna be the next agent. So. I think there's a ton of, like, it's cool how they're increasing the lore. I think yeah, like I, I do think the lore aspect is really cool. Significantly um, more hints to this agent than I think there have ever been in the past. I think there were... Yeah, especially direct hints. Yeah, yeah, there were a good amount for Neon, though, weren't there? Yeah, like, the hints for Yoru I'm thinking of were very... We're, in retrospect, we're fairly large, but we're very impossible to see at the time. Like... The fact that Icebox initially had the samurai mask, like, in storage on A-Site, and then when Yoru came out, yeah. he broke it out. Like, that's kind of a retrospective lore thing. Like, it, yeah. I don't think anyone was calling that Yoru was going to use the mask from the samurai. Um, so, yeah, for this many direct call forwards, like, from the home screen, I think that's really cool. Like, the home screen, but, like, even Neon, like, there were voicemails and all that shit and emails and, um, mm. like, that happened, but then there's those about this next agent plus all the folders dropped around various maps and that is true like, yeah. yeah yeah and some so of it like, i think is because riot has this additional time since they didn't drop an agent this act they want to like keep everyone remembering yeah we're still we're still working we're not giving up on new agents we got another one in the pipeline and i think the net result of that is very positive i think it's super cool but i and going back to something I've said on the podcast before, like with the addition of the latest two agents being Chamber and Neon, that they tried to take away from Jet's pick rate without directly nerfing Jet. I think that's right. kind of the route they're taking with Sova. Um, because as we, the three of us, have discussed on podcasts before, it's kind of hard to nerf Sova without... You know, yeah, I mean, and Sova's pick rate has gone down slightly. It has. 
Um, and I think that's also partially map design with like Fracture, despite the fact that you love to play Sova. I love playing Sova and Fracture. Um, but yeah, it's map design, but it's also just introducing more agents means mm -hmm. that maybe you're going to have setup plays that like in the pro scene that don't involve a Sova, right? Because you're going to want the utility from other agents. There's just more of them. So there's yeah. more combinations you can have. Yeah. All right, well, I I didn't have anything like very specific to say on this topic. I I've got no clue what's coming out in the next patch. I just you know wanted to toss that out there and see if you guys had any uh, thought processes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about time to wrap it up. I'd say yep. if you're if you're listening to this, I I know a lot of you are not in the Discord, so join the Discord. We want to get that a little bit more active. It's been falling out the last couple of weeks. So I want you guys to to be more active in there. We got to get some ten mans. So, yes, like, there's a there's a, a viewer request ten for ten man pistol. We do need that ten man pistol that I've been talking about. Well, no, we just need some ten man fucking custom yeah. games. Like let let's go, let's yeah. do it. Join our Discord. Like Discord, mm -hmm. like the invite link is in our episode description. Hit that shit. I know there's plenty of you who are not in it. Um, Laggy was like, "Yo, when are those ten mans happening today?" But we gotta have more people in there because every if I'm gonna say, "Yo, let's do a ten man tonight," we actually need fucking ten people to do it. So. Uh, yep. the more people we have in there, the better. Uh, join Amen. that shit. Anything else Alrighty. for you guys? Um, I'm I'm good. All right. Yeah, well, we'll drink with me. you later. <laughs>